Welcome to the Searching for SaaS podcast, where you'll join Nate and Josh, two founders on very different stages of their businesses. Nate is earlier on his journey and is looking for something to stick, while Josh is in the company building phase. Together, they will geek out on software as a service and share their stories. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, my name's Nate. I live up in Ontario, Canada. I'm a software developer, and I'm here chatting with Josh today. Josh, do you want to tell us about yourself? Sure. I am Josh. I live in Maryland, and just north of Washington, D.C., and I'm also a software developer by trade, although I'm at the point where I haven't really coded too much lately. So that kind of puts me a little further on these SaaS journey. I think that's kind of one of the topics we're going to talk about a, a few clicks down the road in my SaaS journey. And yeah, we're probably going to bit about that over the course of episodes. So what about you, Nate, on your SaaS journey? Yeah, so I've been trying in fits and starts to get uh, software as a service going. I've worked in uh, software as a service for a while, and at the moment I'm doing consulting, some project management stuff, and some design build stuff for clients. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Cool. So in your words, why did we start this podcast? (laughs) We started this podcast because it is stinking hard to figure out what to build as a software product, what to build and like what people will want. And there's just so many factors going into it. I feel like it's somewhat of a mystery. And this is kind of a way to think out loud and tap into some of Josh's experience. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that kind of hits in a similar note for me because we've already been having these conversations over the past six months or so as you've had your bits and starts with different ideas and things like that. So might as well record it. I've always had in the back of my mind, you read my Twitter feed every six months or so. I'm like, I want to start a podcast, but I don't have time. And everyone always encourages me to go ahead and do one. But at the same time, it just always ends up on the uh, tail end of the priority list. So since yeah. we're talking all the time, we're like, hey, let's hit record and see what happens. Yeah. Do you maybe want to talk a little bit about Referral Rock and what you're doing over there, just so people get a sense of what your experience has been? We are self-funded. I am the sole founder, although I did, I have picked up people to help me along the way. I have a, right now we have a team of 17 people as of a few days ago. Yeah, that's not that, that's not that little. Um, it's not that little. It's jumped a lot recently. Brought on our first product manager. We added two new devs this week. That was the big jump. So we are meandering in the like low teens for, you know, probably a, a year or two. But yeah, that puts me. I'm been at this for. Yes, technically the domain. If you look it up, it was probably registered. I believe in December of two thousand. Oh, there you go. That's a bit of a run. But yeah, but like startups and like you've done, I was in this this phase of where it's meandering, right? Where I think the first year was, was you know, customer interviews. As we know in any ideation phases, I think of a lot of founders, we all probably have a bucket of domains. And for me, the first time I actually think it's a reasonable idea, I register a domain. And it probably sits for a long time until I decide yeah. to do it. So that's why that timeline of there... The next significant milestone is like, we'll just beat up the first paying customer was like June of 2016, I believe. Okay. Yeah. 
And so like maybe just to give people a bit of an idea, what's what's the one liner of what referral rock is? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the two liner? The, the easiest way to explain it as I explain it to those people is it's referral marketing software. So refer a friend programs that if explaining it to mom test types of people, <laughs> That it is, you know, the same types of programs you see with like Uber and Lyft and Dropbox and things like that. You refer a friend and essentially we built a platform to help businesses of all sizes and scopes just uh, run, run referral programs. So they get word of mouth, you know, maybe it's incentive-based, things like that. That's cool. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about you and your fits and starts. So I know about status list. I don't even know if that's the first no. one. <laughs> no, it's not the first one. So okay. way back, I when I was working at a software company and I had this inventory management software. It was basically like an ERP system, but like for small, small companies. And I had one client for that. And so, so about where did you get that idea? Was it something that um, like was I it got, consulting? I know some things lead from consulting, but what Give me the, the, the onus of that. So. Yeah, so that, that came from a friend. A friend said, hey, my work sucks right now because I have this problem. And I said, oh, that sounds cool. I want to fix that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and yeah, so they were my one and only customer. Quit my job to work on that. And yeah, didn't really pan out. So How long ago was that? What's this? Uh, time that would have been, uh, I think, about two, two and a half years ago or so. Okay. So before um, that, you're working full-time. You got this yeah. spark of an idea from a friend and you're like, this is it. I'm all in. Like I can, this is, there's a pain here. I've, I've, I've listened to all the podcasts. I read all the stuff. This is, this is my moment. Yes, exactly that. I was <laughs> like, I've, I've read all the literature. This has got to be it. You know, it's going right. to be golden. And yeah, didn't, didn't really work out that way. So I think that that's what kind of led on the journey of this, you know, there's no, there doesn't seem to be a clear answer to how this stuff all goes together. Mm -hmm. True enough. Yeah, I could tell, I'll tell you a little bit more about my previous, previous to, to referral rock. Maybe I'll save that for a little bit later, but let's, let's stay on the, on, on your trend right now. So, so how long, how long do you still have that? Is, is there still a customer on that? No. So they, I, I basically told them that, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't working out and I'm not going to build this software for one person, it's going to be too expensive for you. And so we, we sunsetted that and yeah, moved on. And you had Bang for a little while. Yeah. So they were, they were a customer for a full year and they were using the system in-house. It was working as they wanted it to. They were, by all accounts, very happy with it. The only thing that it just wasn't sustainable to only have one customer on it, just the, the price point just didn't make sense for a company that size. I think they had I don't know, 10, 10 or 20 people working at this little manufacturing plant and, you know, paying a couple thousand dollars for software every month wasn't really in the budget for them. Okay. So it's like a twofold, like you needed to charge that much to maintain things. And, and did you try to market it to other companies or anything or? Yeah. And so that's kind of where I fell flat and kind of realized my, my bad assumption, which is I, I, they will come. Yeah, build and they will come. That's it. That's pretty much what it was. Oh, and I had the perfect tech stack and oh, I analyzed everything. Oh, it's brutal. But yeah, I called I called all these manufacturing places 
and I went to visit them and, you know, did everything that I could think of. And they all said, we hate software. Don't come back. And oh, wow. I was like, oh, well. You're like, I'm going to do IOT stuff. I got QR code scanning. I've oh, got about, like the all whole this. Thing. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure your brain was like, ooh, the stuff I could build and yeah. cross over physical and digital. And this could be a lot of fun. Like, yeah. And in fact, we had RFID and tablets built into the system. It was pretty neat. All right, so speeding up that that sunsetted, you couldn't find any additional customers, and essentially you were in a, I guess a, a no man's land where they're willing to pay, but probably not enough to keep it up. And essentially, you found it to be somewhat of a dead end of finding additional customers. Do you feel like it was like in a sweet spot where you said they were like ten to twenty person company? So I would assume like massive inventory management companies probably have potentially other software, but it's these like smaller middling ones. Like, well, we can't spend, like you said, thousands of dollars. Yeah. And there's, there's exactly that market I was going for. Cause I was kind of going off the concept of, you know, there's, there's larger players in the market, but they don't have time to make their software easy to use for the little guy, or they don't have the price point that the little guy would like. And so I was trying to go down market from them and there was a reason that they didn't go down market. <laughs> it's interesting because we, we, you know, in, in past conversations, we've always talked about having having an insight or having a position, which I, you know, keep keep harping on you. And you had one. It yeah. just wasn't. It just wasn't. Uh, you had a position. It was like, I can do this for the little guy. I can do this for the smaller the smaller player. I think I think the biggest lesson with that startup was called Mortar Q. The biggest startup for lesson there was the I took too long to validate. I must have built for at least a year uh, of like evenings and weekends, and I had this one customer, and so I felt like I had enough validation that I could just go ahead, and I didn't think that I needed to like. Ah, uh, so like you thought one was enough. <laughs> well, I thought one was proof that there is probably more. Mm. Right. Nobody is so special that, you know, only they would like that software. At least that was my thought. Right. I mean, there probably are more out there, but the problem was access and like finding them. And if they're not really looking for that type of solution, it makes it, you know, more challenging. If you don't mind, I wouldn't mind sharing some of my experience in this. Some of the things yeah. you said resonated with me was with starting Refer Rock, it was a similar type of angle where my first thought about it was finding there was a gap in the market. And it's because I thought no one was handling refer a friend programs for smaller SMB things too. So everyone was doing them for e-commerce or these big SaaS companies. I knew all the competitors then because I, when I even thought of the idea, it was a quick Google search away of like seeing, okay, who's doing it for car dealerships, yoga studios, like service businesses, your local mom and pop types of things. So I'm like, cool, there's an angle there. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting is it did take me down a certain tunnel in the way we built the software, which today has actually given us quite a strong position. So that's neat. You went down market as well. You're like, yeah, there's these so big companies and I'm going to build something smaller. Sort of. Yeah. It was more of like, they have a different process. So the thing is, People were looking for still referral friend programs, referral software. So that was like probably the different thing. And, and our, our big ability to find customers was largely through intent. So people were, were doing search and you know, 
as you know, I'm not bad at, I've done pretty well with that. I kind of knew a little bit about that even before referral off. So that kind of aided in that and provided an early rip funnel of potential customers. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other interesting things that resonated with me that you said too, is like the, the one customer. So I went through the beta phase. We went through different types of things. I did the typical interviewed a bunch. Actually, what's funny is I interviewed a whole bunch, like everyone I knew at that time, like my accountant, a person that did my mortgage, all these small business owners that I knew. And all of them told me like, eh, it was kind of a lukewarm idea. So I can't even say I followed the typical. She <laughs> <laughs> didn't listen to their customer, advice. Customer interview stuff. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was sort of funny. So don't take exactly my or advice necessarily. So. That's, that's it. That's interesting because that's like the opposite of what most people say um, when they interview people they know. When people interview people they know, it's typically, oh yeah, your idea is awesome and we love you. So we're going to tell you how great your idea is. Right. There's that other effect that people often talk about because they want to encourage you. No one wants to tell you you have a idea. No one wants to be that person. Yeah. So you had a, an idea that people were lukewarm about and then... I did an MVP in a very rudimentary way and because I've been burned enough on like little other projects that I brought up, it was like, you know what, I'm going to make this the, the lightest thing possible, which I used, I think at that time, it might've been like Woohoo Forms, like SurveyMonkey, yeah. that type of thing. That was the admin interface for the whole beta. Like, so essentially I had people <laughs> fill out a form, upload their logo. I asked them a bunch of questions and then I actually took the CSV file and translated it into like an XML resource file. And then if it matched their name and their little subdoing, that's the, the data it pulled up. So I didn't even have a database. Wow. Or, <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, and I could have done all that, but I was like, let me see. So the whole beta was that for like a year. Wow. And I got people kind of using it. So it was like, okay, I don't know any of these. I initially sent it out to people I knew. Yeah. But I think that's great that you spent such a short amount of time getting that thing off the ground because... I think that's one of the pitfalls for a lot of us founders who are developers first, is we want to build this amazing, awesome piece of technology. And we don't think about the amount of time it's taking us to build that thing. Like that's what I did with that mortar queue thing is I had the perfect stack. It took me, you know, however long to build it. Um, well, and you like doing it. Like you're excited oh, about was... doing it. And it's not to take away from that, like, shouldn't it be great if those two aligned, but. Sure. But if the point is to test an idea that may or may not work, then often it's beneficial to, to get to market quickly. Right, right. So, so one of the interesting things, which is like when you mentioned the one customer, which still even all before that time when we had the beta, before we got the paying customer. So that beta was like the first year, I would say that, that since I said we registered the domain end of 2015, it was essentially like year before I actually even had like, okay, there's going to be a database and some other things. So that whole first thing was like, you know, a, a beta list launch, getting people, getting other other ones to, to use a very rudimentary version. Yeah. And so all and, this time you're manually doing that import for that first year. How many, yeah. how many people did you, did you import that way approximately? Uh, I think I had maybe 50. Wow. So 50, like, people using it. And again, it's referral stuff, but there was like no login. It would, it wouldn't, it, all it really was, was just the sharing aspect. 
And yeah, I mean, it was, there was like barely any tracking. It was just kind of like, Hey, am I going to use this? And am I going to send it to other people? And they're going to share, I'm going to have a my referrers share my business. I was basically just tracking clicks, like any web I was actually using. I think Google Analytics and some other things. And you could separate it out by domain. So I would just like send them their stats and that was it. So yeah, uh, yeah. like once a month. So it was like, again, how, how can I just glue this together and not invest in it as much as I wanted to, right? You're just sitting there like, oh, is this? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll just, just like, it was kind of on the back burner. I don't know if it was just burnt out by too many other things not following that you just get a level of like not too excited i guess yeah you just kind of you just kind of fiddle around get it working and then you kind of just leave it out there to see what happens right so but yeah the thing that was interesting after we got the first paying customer and then there was a few more and i still doubted it it's funny is i took a different (laughs) tack than you you were like i have one and i'm going to the moon and i had a few and i'm like "Mm, i don't know I don't know. I had a more pessimistic, I don't know if this is it. Yeah. This is a thing. And what's interesting is there was a, I don't know if you read any of the Saster stuff, like the Jason Lemkin. He has a lot of content. There's one article in there that really hit home for me. It's this one that says like, if you have 10 unaffiliated like customers, like they don't know you. Uh, I think as, as one of our friends called it like stranger money. (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) Is like, it's like the whole impetus of that article is like, if you can get 10, you can get a hundred. And it's like, you have, you're on to something. If you can get a hundred, you can get like 500. So it's kind of like, I had the 10, I had more than 10 at a certain point within a few months of the first paying one. And I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm onto something here. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you did also have all of the people you interviewed telling you, I'm not really too excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's what. What, what kind of pulled me but what's funny is regardless of that I did it anyway so it wasn't like yeah it didn't but dissuade it, me enough so but I think it probably helped you in your building process because you didn't go crazy and build all sorts of features yeah I wonder if there was yeah. some benefit to you doing it that way I mean I think there definitely was because if it didn't go well I wouldn't have probably felt too bad you know it was but again it, but this is all scar tissue right so you've got scar tissue we'll yeah. talk a little bit more of that in a sec but like the scar tissue I had from before, which uh, I won't get into too much today, but again, there were other projects and other things like that, that created that scar tissue. I think that patient of like putting all the eggs in, or maybe getting my hopes up or getting too excited and sprinting down the street versus just like taking a more methodical, slower approach. And yeah. So I think that scar tissue is something that, you know, people see all the Hey, this guy in Indie Hackers, hey, he's doing all this. Or the stuff on TechCrunch, you just see the headline, you just see when they've flipped a bit or they've made a name for themselves and all yeah. the all the other stuff. That's just kind of like why I think we'll be really this will be interesting because you're in that phase. You're not brand new, um, but you're not like you have some some scar tissue and you're hunting and you're you're looking looking to find to find your thing. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's searching the number four SAS. Or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.